I'll introduce the, the talk so that um, sadly, in the news there was a, another death on Mount Everest. I googled it and there's been about 340 people have died trying to get to that mountain. Uh, or get to the summit and then die on the way down. And uh, this one, shame, this one died on the way down. Okay, so imagine now how many years and months it takes to prepare to, to make that ascent. And uh, I only highlight that because the commentary was, well, there was preparation in getting up there, but there's not preparation coming down. And because of that lack of preparation, it, it caught them. I mean, there are other variables, of course, things that perhaps they couldn't control. Sometimes sickness, you know, I don't know all that. I'm not going to labor that out. But this is the point. The point is they were unprepared for the descent. And I wonder, and I'm going to be pretty candid today. I'm going to be pretty candid because all that's happening all around us, there's no time for really fluffy words. And we don't need fluffy words next year. We need God's word. And God's word is not going to be fluffy today, okay? So, because uh, I'm not in a fluffy mood. <laughs> so some of that's going to come out, and I hope it's not too shocking. But it's going to, we're going to land. We're going to land well. We're going to land well. So, how, how are you prepared to land? Uh, uh, is your descent, are you ready? You know, because sometimes it's in the descent that we can sort of lose hope or get derailed. Or come undone or just wait for something out there to happen to change to make us more ready again now, maybe at the end literally at the end of 2023 you're literally at the end you know you're you're on this descent maybe you it's a season of your life you found 2023 to be a descent and you're not ready for it maybe you've reached a goal and now what the goal has been achieved, um, and now it's what's next. Maybe the event or the mission, and even in myself, I find a lot of 2023 is, is up. It's up there. It's going up and reaching and reaching and reaching. But then it, there's the down, you know, and being ready for the down. What do you do when you're going down for the next ascent? That's imperative. And that's where I think this word really speaks to that coming down. Christianity is not always up. It's, it's not all up, 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 the next thing, the next thing, the next thing. There's, there's downs. There's, there's descents. And I think this year at ABC, we, we have really seen some downs. And it's been shocking. Some people move. Some people relocate. Some people die. Some people have illnesses. And they're just, it's there. It's just down. Maybe that's been that kind, of, that kind of year for you. But here's the word. If you are discouraged and if you are despondent, when we were on a down, here's the antidote, which I believe will be of great encouragement, as it is to me. 2024. Hooray. Again. You mean we're going to do this all again? I don't know if I'm ready. I don't know. Honestly. So, Lord, we need you. I need you. And I trust this word would be for us well. We're in Hebrews chapter 12. 
But before we read Hebrews chapter 12, I need you to go to Hebrews chapter 10. Because they are attached. Hebrews 10 and verse 19. Here's the big idea. Hebrews 10, 19. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we... Here's all the motivation for doing Christian life. Okay? Here's the motivation. Brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus. Amen? Amen. Is that... That didn't sound well. Amen? That's what we have. By a new and living way opened for us through the curtain that is His body. And here's the second one. Since we have a great priest over the house of God. Amen? Amen. Amen. We just celebrated His birth. Let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold, secondly, unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And here's the third one. And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as we see the day approaching. What we've just read is basically the ethos of a Memphis Baptist Church, 2023. We want the community to draw near to God and to hold on to this hope which we profess. Hold on. And we want to encourage one another as the day draws near. Amen. That's, that's, in very simple terms, any church's ethos. That's our ethos. Those were the summits that were ascended in, well, we hope by God's grace in 2023. And that's the line of thought as you go now into chapter 11 as it's, it looks at the great halls you know, of faith. And you see the names of Abel and Enoch and Noah and Abraham and Sarah, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, Moses, Rahab, Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David and Samuel. All the prophets and many unnamed others. They were all you know, persevering because they took God at his word by faith. And they did those things, drew near to God, held on to their hope, and encouraged one another. That's what they did. Now, they were anticipating something in the future. Right? There was a future hope to come. We are, you know, having had Him come, we are still anticipating something in the future. So there's a similarity there. So the big idea is to draw near to God. This is how we prepare and remain prepared for our descent. It's not really uh, complicated. The big idea is to end well and to end strong. To end strong, to land strong. And to land strong, end strong, to not lose our way, lose hope, lose focus, completely come undone. We need to draw near to God. Draw near to God. So that's with that in mind... We jump now to chapter 12, and I'll break this down quickly. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith, 
For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. In other words, you will be well prepared for your descent. You will be well prepared for whatever descent. Maybe it's a, a season of life. Maybe it's a goal that's not been reached. Maybe even your faith. I wonder if it's a faith issue. Are you questioning that? Maybe even church. You've done the summit. Now what? You've come to know this Jesus. Now what? You know? Do we unhook? Do we let go? Do we lose heart? Well, the answer is in these texts, in this verse, I believe. And I would have us all take heart in this. So what touched me as I just, just sat on this are a few key words in the verses. And the first key word is witnesses. Witnesses. Okay? You know, that's the same word we get our word martyr from. Interesting. It's the same word we get our word martyr from. All these that had died, had died in faith. They died in faith. And it's, the verse is not saying to us, you know, they're watching from heaven over us. Let me tell you, that is no encouragement to me. They are not watching us like spectators. It is saying their life, their life of faith, their life of trusting God, at His Word, their life of anticipating that promise that He promised, through trials, even mostly through death, that testimony is a witness to us. Their martyrdom is a witness to us. Calculate that. Look at that. Consider all of that. That is a witness to us. These names, Abel, Noah, Abraham, Sarah, and so on. So they, they are providing a witness to us. Maybe your descent needs more witnessing. Maybe your descent has got a lack of witness. When was the last time you, in your heart, in your mind, looked and calculated? Again, I mean... The history is there. The stories are there. The drama is played out. The narrative is clear. Have you considered that witness? Because that witness is strong. The scope and scale of this witness. And uh, it's a resource for your descent. How, wherever your... Whatever your descent is. Ivan, it's a witness for your descent. Witness their lives, witness their obedience, you witness their trusting, you witness their joys, you witness their sorrow. You witness that. Let it witness to you. It is an example. And in a sense, it's a relay. They've run their race. They run their race and they're passing it on to you. You run your race. You run your race. It's a, it's a race of faith. We witness their lives and their deaths. And we witness their acceptance by God. That is a witness to us. They made it. God accepted them. They are approved. And they are with God. That is a witness to me. Warts and all. 
failures and victories. They got through by God's grace. And so let that witness, let that light, let that truth come near. I don't know where you are today or where you will be this next week, but it doesn't have to be the same as last week. And next year doesn't have to be the same as last year. If you let that light do its work in us, do more of its work. Since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witness, let us then, comma, let us throw off everything that hinders. All right. Some measurements have to be we're calculating, we're considering this witness. And what we're also measuring are those things, not, not sinful things. We're going to get to sin just now. These are, these are good things, but maybe not the best things. These are things that are distracting us from running better. We want our descent to be better. We don't want to lose heart. We want to run. We're not walking. We're not crawling. We're not not walking. If you're not walking, you're dead. We're walking. But we ought to be running. And to run better, take this encouragement, maybe measure what is detracting from your race, your running. You're running. God wants you to run 2024. Now, I'm discouraged. I don't know if I can walk another step. <laughs> Ivan, what is distracting you from your running? It's not necessarily sinful things or immoral things. Now, in the context, in the immediate context, we had Christians, Jewish Christians, who needed to, you know, let go of their old way of doing worship. The old covenant and all that was attached to that was a huge burden. They let go of that. In the light of Christ, in the light of the new covenant, there was a new freedom. And compared to that light, it was worthless and redundant. It was excess baggage. And you know, friends, you know, a marathon runner. I mean, you do get those marathon comrades runners, eh? They, they dress up. I don't know how they do it. And they run 90 Ks in a three-piece suit. Okay? But that's not what's supposed to happen. And if coach was speaking, and this is coach God speaking, he's saying, you, you know, get rid of the excess baggage. What's not necessary? What's not necessary? In fact, the first marathons were PG-18 because they were naked. They were naked. And so um, maybe there's some stripping down of some unnecessary complications, unnecessary activities. What is holding you back? Because what's the aim? The aim is Hebrews 11, 19 to 25. To draw near to God, to hold on to His hope, and to encourage others. Is that on your agenda? Maybe that's why you're descending. None of that's on the agenda. It's on the Christian agenda. That is the tunnel to joy, the avenue to peace, the avenue to grace, the avenue to life and life abundant. Drawing near to God, holding on to that hope, and encouraging others to, to, to gather together, to have fellowship in that. So whatever is hindering you from that mandate, kill it. Or evaluate it. Sometimes this descent is an instant, it's a moment. Maybe it's just a day. 
A day where you haven't been on your best form. Maybe it's a week. Some of you haven't been to church for weeks. Well, what's kept you from that mandate? That's got to be culled. Maybe uh, it's there on the agenda, but it could be to a greater degree. Remember, God wants us running. Not crawling. Not walking. Running. Everyone has that mandate. Draw near to God. Hold on to that hope. Encourage one another. That ethos is not the pastor's job description. It's every Christian's job description. I am not the church. Alone. We are the church. Whatever the church is or isn't, it's our fault. It's us. What's that mandate? And whatever's keeping us from that mandate, be encouraged. Just reevaluate. Reevaluate. Double check. Like a marathon runner. As it says in 1 Corinthians, all things are permitted, but not all things are beneficial. I mean, eating ice cream is not a sin, but if you're training for a marathon, you don't eat ice cream after every meal. It doesn't, you don't do that. Okay. Is it hobbies? Is it debt? Is it sport? Is it children's activities? Is it your kids? What, what is it? Is it Netflix? Is it scrolling? Is it Instagram? Ivan, is it squash? What's keeping you from that mandate and running that mandate well? Be encouraged. 2 Timothy 2 verse 4. It says, no one serving as a soldier gets entangled in civilian affairs, but rather tries to please his commanding officer. This is war, friends. Okay. End of sentence, verse 1, chapter 12. And let us run... Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. All right, obviously. Double check. On the descent is sin in check. This, this is now immoral stuff. This is now evil stuff. This is, this is tying your shoes together. You can't run. This is face plant stuff. And in your descent, is it just face plant after face plant after face plant? You know, be encouraged that you need to deal with the sin. That's what's choking the life. That's what's choking the hope. That's what's perhaps choking the faith, even. The commentators, you know, they don't... There's a disagreement whether this is sins plural or sins... Is it one particular sin or was it sins? And But they all both agree that if it is one sin, it would probably be unbelief. It would be unbelief that just face plants. And I, I can relate to that. That after ascending and now descending... Unbelief starts to cloud the mind. So let me ask you on your descent. If you are discouraged and despondent and down, that maybe, is it perhaps that we've been affected more by circumstances than God's truth? What has more effect on your life? God's truth or circumstances? Has 2023 been more interested in man's opinion of you than God's opinion? Have you not perhaps trusted more in yourself rather than God? Maybe there's just been a pure failing of having faith 
in the Heavenly Father. And what has brought about that reality? Well, the synonym for unbelief is just self-solution, self-agenda, self-centeredness, self-focused, self-directed, self-driven, self-determined, self-life. Me, myself and I, that is your end. That is face plant stuff. So take encouragement. Let go of the things that entangle and let go of the sin that so easily entangles. Maybe you're feeling so despondent because you're trying to do this in your own strength. You're trying to run this race on your own. You're not even looking at Him. You're not even waiting on Him. You don't even pray to Him. You're a Christian, but you live like an atheist. Ephesians 4.22, lay aside the old man who's been corrupted in accordance to deceitful desires. James 1.21, ridding yourself of all filthiness and what remains of wickedness. 1 Peter 2 verse 1, rid yourself of all malice and all deceit and all hypocrisy, envy and slander. 1 Thessalonians 5, abstain from every form of evil. The book of John Owen, be killing sin or kill, sin kills you. Be killing sin or it be killing you. So if it's a moment, if it's a week, if it's a day, if it's a month, if it's been a year, double check. Double check. Be killing sin or sin be killing you. You want to end strong, be killing sin. Since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Double check. This is a long run. It's not a short run. It's not a quick run. It's a long run. And it's going to take endurance. It's going to take you to endure. It's going to take you and me to be disciplined. This mandate Drawing near to God, holding on to His truth, encouraging one another in the Lord. That is a race, a long race. It's a journey and it's going to take some endurance. Um, the key word race here, same word we get agony from. Interesting. Yes, Christianity is not for sissies. <laughs> it's painful. That mandate is painful. It's not easy. But it's a race. David Gibrain writes this. Suspended between heaven and earth, absorbing scorn from men and judgment from God, mocking by men and wrath from God, rejection by men and forsaken by his father, he endured all the way to the shedding of blood, then end of his life I, I say that quote because whatever we have to endure does not measure to what Jesus endured and did he endure he endured he endured we endure his race his agony my race my agony it wasn't a quick thing it wasn't a painless thing he didn't get to pole vault any of this. He went through it. And so, on your descent, 
You know, it's, it's not a nice truth. It's not an easy truth. It's not very, you know, it's pretty boring. But the thing is, just put the next foot in front of the other. That maybe that's what you just need to tell yourself. I'm just going to put another foot in front. With this person, with this place, with this church, or this work, or what, whatever your job is. You know, whatever context you find, maybe it's just putting the foot in front of the other. Because it is a race. And it is to be endured. Charles Spurgeon said, Perseverance is as necessary to a man's salvation as his conversion. And to persevere means we are able to bear up under great pressure. We're able to bear up under great resistance. We will not slow down. We will not drop out. We will not stop working. Here's some motivation for you to keep putting the next foot in front of the other. Hebrews 10, 39 says, We do not belong to those who shrink back and are destroyed, but to those who have faith and are saved. We do not belong to those who shrink back and who are destroyed. But to those who have faith and are saved. Now, if, if you know, the only way to get into this race, it has to be said, the only way to get into this race is to be born again. And to know this Jesus. He is the author and perfecter of our faith. You need to get into this race, and you need to get into this race now, right now. To put your trust in this Christ, to give up your worldly methods of being good, come to the cross for forgiveness and be saved. Don't wait, don't delay any longer, do this now. But church, only in heaven is the church triumphant. On earth... It is war. On earth, it is hard going. On your descent, you are in good company. Good company. Take the witness of the saints who have gone before. Take that witness. Let its light come in. All its agony, all its frustrations, all its perseverance, all its forbearance. Take in God's acceptance of them and God's rewards to them. God's life in them. Take that. Take His perseverance and His example, which is my next point. I'll be quicker with the next two, I promise. As we go back to Hebrews chapter 12. And let us run perseverance, the race marked out for us. Comma, verse 2. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. He is the author of faith because God gave all the elect to Him. He leads all the saints. He's always led the saints. He's always pioneered them. He's the perfecter of faith. He keeps their faith to the end. Okay? I won't elaborate on that too much. I mean, there's a lot packed in that. I want to quote from John MacArthur. He says this. This is stunning. Listen to this. This will be great for your descent and ending well. The faith of all the heroes in heaven together could not match the faith of the Son of God. Hmm? The faith of all the heroes in heaven, together, could not match the faith of the Son of God. They were wonderful witnesses and examples of faith, but Jesus is a more wonderful example still. 
their faith is true and acceptable to God, his was perfect and even more acceptable. In fact, without Jesus' faith, no believer's faith would count for anything. For if Jesus' perfect faith had not led him to the cross, our faith would be in vain. Because then there would be no sacrifice for our sins, no righteousness. Jesus had perfect faith. Beautiful faith. And so we're encouraged here, take that witness, but don't take your eyes off that one. That is perfect faith. You can calculate and add it all up. That faith sum does not come to His faith sum. And His faith endured even on the cross. It endured. Fix your eyes on that. So, you know, maybe in your descent, where, where have you been looking? Maybe that's why the discouragement, the despondency and the depression, your eyes have been focused on so much else, but not on the witness and not on the work of Jesus and His faith. You've got to look to Jesus. Keep looking at Jesus. Don't stop looking at Jesus. He is the author of faith. He is the perfecter of faith. He's, as Steve Lawson said, looking to Jesus is how we enter the race. Looking to Jesus is how we continue in the race. Looking to Him. Looking to Him. I need this. Because I can barely put another foot forward. Look to Jesus. That's perfect faith. Look at Him. Gather Him. Calculate Him. How strong... Well, what is afforded to us if we look at this one? I want to read this prayer. This is what we forego when we don't look at Him. I pray that out of His glorious riches, you may be strengthened. He may strengthen you with His power through His Spirit in your inner being. This is when you look at Jesus. This is what happens. You may strengthen you with power through His Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. I pray, and we need prayer for Christ to dwell in our hearts. I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God that's what takes place when you fix your eyes on him now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever fixing your eyes on this one Beloved, is no small thing. In your descent, don't take your eyes off of Him. Don't take your eyes off of Him. Going back to Hebrews. Almost done. The pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy that was set before Him, He endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Ah, our Jesus, it ended well. You know that He's on a descent now? Why do I say He's on a, He's summited the cross, 
the resurrection, the ascension into heaven. But you know what? He's got another mountain to climb still. He's, he's had to come down. He's waiting. He's waiting for all authority to be put under his feet. Right? Is, is his descent gone well? It's going well. It's going well. He's well prepared for this descent. His strength, his faith, his life, it's, it's perfect. It's good for his next summit. For his next summit. And it, similarly for us, there will be a reward at the end of our race. There will be an exhortation, a crown of righteousness, 2 Timothy 4.8. The words, Matthew 25.20, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of our master. Hebrews 11.39, approval. Even Paul said, I buffet my body, I buffet my body that I might be saved. There is all that. And then the reminder again in verse 3. We have great encouragement. We have our example. And then we have this command. Consider Him. Calculate Him. Think on Him. Look at Him. Worship Him. Consider Him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. So as we persevere and as we endure, as we calculate what's needed for the next summit, we're also considering calculating, summing up how Jesus did it. How did He put one foot in front of the other? How did He ascend? How did He descend? How did He do it? How did He win? So next year, more looking up. Amen? Amen. More looking up. Less this. More looking up. And looking up now. Matthew 10 says, A disciple is not above his teacher. John 13, I give you my example. 1 Peter chapter 2, Christ has left you an example. 1 John 2 verse 6, We are to walk in the same manner as he walked. So consider him is not a small thing. Consider him as a command. We're to emulate him, walk like him, live as he did, endure as he did. And that's going to take considering Him so that we will not grow weary and lose heart. So if you find yourself defeated or discouraged, don't look at the thunder, don't look at the wind, don't look at the waves, look up. Don't look at the doctor, don't look at the pastor, don't look at the country, don't look at the news. Look up. He calms the storm with a word. Let's go to Jesus is full of grace, power and strength. It is impossible to consider him and not find the encouragement and strength one needs. Jesus is full of grace, power, and strength. It is impossible to consider Him and not find the encouragement and strength one needs. And I'll say it again. To consider Jesus and all His grace, power, and strength, it is not possible to find the encouragement we need. What's the mandate? 2024. It's the same mandate. Draw near to God. 
hold on to his hope and encourage one another. And for all of us to run in that. Amen? To run in that. And how is that achieved? The way Jesus did. Looking to the Father. He looked to the Father, he found the faith. He looked to the Father, he found the endurance. He looked to the Father, he found the patience. He found the power. He had looking to the Father and similarly with us friends, draw near to God. Look to Him. That's how this is done. Look to Him. For the Father's power and the Father's will. So like I said, the Christian life is not up, 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 up. The Christian life is ups and it has downs. There are seasons. There are cycles. I don't know what cycle you're in. But whether it's up or whether it's down, and if it is down, that you be made strong for the next ascent. We've got another ascent, 2024. And they're all different. It says there, you all have a race set by Him. Did you know that? Your race is different to my race, but it's set by the same God. Just stay in your lane. You have a race marked by the sovereign God, wherever you are. Whatever context, whatever people you're with, wherever you, whatever it is, that's all by God. And this word applies to you in your race. That you finish strong. Not grow weary and not lose heart. So maybe let's do things a little bit differently. Remember our, our mandate Unlike a race, we're not competing with one another. In a marathon, yes, but not reaching this mandate. There's no competition. It's not how it works. In a marathon, yes, you follow the religion of training. The more you train, the more you get. The more you put in, the more you get out. It doesn't work like that in faith. Our strength is not in ourselves. It's in God. And we trust in Him. More dependence on Him. And unlike the race where it's all about you and you getting your reward, this race, it's all about us and working together. We're not solo competitors. We're not superstars. We're not special teams. We are the invisible church made up of true believers in community and in family. And together we do this. Amen? Amen. Let's pray.